was just thinking a lot about our country and where she's at now, and and uh, we know that uh, America is, is, is sliding, uh, but thank God there's still hope because there's still churches, there's still people that preach the gospel, there's still, there's still a lot of people in this country that care about the values which represent it. But I'm always amazed as I, as I travel, and those of you know I'm talking about when you travel a lot, it's just amazing how many times you just drive to, in the middle of nowhere, but you know, you see all of a sudden this small city or a small village, and and you get to this small city somewhere in the middle of nowhere. I, mean, I was thinking about, you know, as traveling uh, through Arkansas one time, and and I took a wrong turn and stopped off at a real small town, and and it just that particular time I, I thought in my mind somebody built a road to get to this town, and then our family went out west last uh, April, you know, for my my son's senior trip, and we went all the way down the Grand Canyon, all up into Utah, and and all the way back down to the mountains. I mean. We're talking about elevation of 5,000 feet and above, and we finally hit on the pass there on I-70, coming uh, Colorado from Grand Junction across to Denver, and uh, we hit elevations of 12,000 feet up that, up that high, and somebody built a road there. And, and as you look at the history of, of the world and different civilizations, it's amazing how fast America has built into this incredible country, this, this infrastructure within the country. And... And nobody, and to me, to me, that's another small, another small tool that proves that America was founded on biblical principles. It just is, you know. Our two presidents back, Barack Obama, said that uh, America was not founded as a Christian nation, and, and that was a lie. He told a lie from the podium when he was speaking because America was. Uh, we also understand that America was founded really for freedom of religion, but the the, the foundation and the structure of America and its dream was Judeo-Christian values, all right? And what a blessing it was. And that's why America's been such an incredible, blessed country all throughout the world. How fast we have built, how fast we have exploded. I was watching a video the other day that was naming the three most powerful militaries militaries in the world. And America, once again, was number one. And uh, we built that up. We built up so many things. And if you go to, how many of have you have never been in New York City before? New York City. I mean, New York City is, everyone needs to go there at least one time. My daughter thinks it's overrated, but you got to go at least one time. The buildings there are just unbelievable, and how, how man could build those things. You, know, you see the old pictures of, of men back in the days when, man, OSHA would probably faint and have a heart attack if they saw those guys of 100 floors high sitting on a beam, eating their lunch, and playing jokes, and then go right back to building. And, and just the labor, the principle of work, being able to build something, and, and that's one of the things I've been proud about is passing this church. This church is full of people that are willing to work. You know, workers have that worker mentality. They aren't afraid uh, to work. I've tried to teach my children that it's okay to work hard and play hard. I mean, if you work hard, then the reward is you get to play hard too. And to be able to know, to be able to get up sometimes early in the morning and, and to work and, and do something all day that, that makes somebody else's life better because you did a job. If it was a military, or, and I know we give the state employees a hard time sometimes, but thank God for state employees, right? Where's the state employees? I'm giving you love today. Can I get an amen from the state employees today? All right, can I get an amen from the state employees? All right, hey, they're tithers too. Man. We ought to thank God for the state employees, right? I mean, you all are working to serve the community and just work, you know. And I know there's a lot of debates about the 40-hour work week and, you know, the industrial revolution and, and how all that changed everything. And, and people ask me sometimes, man, it's nice being a pastor. You only have to work three times a week. It's a blessing, man. Sunday morning, Sunday night, Wednesday night, and I take the rest of the week off. It is such a blessing, and, and I'm glad that you all uh, accept that and approve that. But the fact of the matter is, is just 
we know that this country has been blessed and because of the willingness to work. Having said that, though, the church could not function without good workers. I'm going to give you three thoughts in here today from this, this concept. And it is, it is Labor Day weekend. And just three things that you'll see the word labor affiliated with here. In Romans chapter 16, two of them are here. Number one, I want you to notice the bestowers of labor. The bestowers of labor. Verse number six. The Bible says here, again, this was our text verse. It says, Greek Mary who bestowed, look at this, much labor on us. Now, that's an interesting phrase. She bestowed much labor on us. Uh, that phrasing, that old English phrase that says that somebody actually bestowed labor on us means that she did everything she could do to make Paul's life a little bit better. Labors that make somebody else's life better. Hey, nursery workers, you guys, man, thank God for you. You are a huge part of the ministries of this church. And sometimes we forget you. You know, you're downstairs and you're out of sight, out of mind. And many people that come to this church come into this door, sit down. They come in these doors and sit down, use the restrooms, and they never go downstairs and they leave and they don't realize uh, the labor of the nursery workers, those that work with the two and three year olds, those that work with the four and five year olds. And, and you're, you're teaching children so that their parents can sit in church. You are bestowers of labor. You are giving a labor that benefits somebody else. And in this particular passage here, that phrase of being a bestower of labor, giving it to somebody else for their benefit, does not necessarily mean she was getting paid for it. And that's why Paul takes a chapter as he ends the book of Romans. And it's interesting, he does, he does give other Christians shout-outs in his different epistles, but Romans, for some reason, he writes doctrine and truth for 15 chapters, but the whole chapter 16... He just gives a whole lot of shout-outs. Roman, the, the, the Christians at Roman, if you notice that there's not a particular church that he's written to. In fact, the Bible opens up Romans chapter 1 as being written to the saints at Rome. So some argue that the churches maybe were still smaller or they were, they were underground even because of what was going on in Rome at that time. But Paul was still saying, hey, I just want everybody to know I'm thankful for the laborers who bestowed their labor for the benefit of somebody else. In just a few minutes, uh, our prison ministry team is going to get up and walk out. And they're going to go without pay. They're going to pay for their own gas to drive to this facility. They're going to get locked up for a few hours to tell some inmates who broke the law and made some big mistakes that God loves them and God gives them another chance. They are bestowers of labor. And may I remind you tonight that God, man, God is a good God. He keeps track of all of that. Think about how today we walked into this building and it was clean and the bathrooms were clean and the garbage was, was changed. And, and I see the cleaners on a regular basis. They come into this building during the week while many of us are busy doing our other things and they keep, that's their labor and they have bestowed that labor upon us to benefit us so that the carpets could be vacuumed and clean. In fact, somebody snitched on the kids and told me they found some uh, candy wrappers and suckers stuck on the floor. So I'm wondering if we should have candy line tonight. I'm not sure. We may have to have just have it for the teens now, but we'll get to that in just a second. But the fact is, bestowers of labor, Sunday school teachers. I mean, I could go on. Those that work on the bus and drive the bus and the van, the sound room men that are that are that not only. I mean, Brother Brad sent me the other uh, the report of our, uh, pres our, our our ministry, our media ministry uh, sermon audio on. Online. Once again, we've reached several countries and numerous states in America. And, and the ministry is to be a blessing to somebody else, bestowers of labor. And for that tonight, I thank you. These buildings are here because of the people of Bible Baptist Church. 
and Brother Tim and many others who were bestowers of labor. And boy, that's what made Christianity succeed and thrive. And it comes from the chiefest, the chiefest example of all, Jesus Christ himself. Jesus Christ himself was the best of all in that he was always doing something for the benefit of somebody else. When he preached, when he taught, when he healed, he did it something for that person to have a better day, that person to be healed, that person to get some help, that person to get some hope. That is how our Savior operates. That's how he lived. That's how he thought. And that's why he was amazing. Amen. So number one, I want you to notice tonight, the bestowers of labor. Now there's a second phrase that pops up in this chapter, and then we'll go to another book of the Bible for the third one. If you look at me now, and the second one is, is in verse number 12. Same chapter. Now I beseech you, brethren, mark them which cause divisions and offense contrary to the doctrines which ye have learned, and avoid them. All right? So I'm sorry, I missed that verse. I'm in the wrong. Oh, I'm sorry. I've got to back up a few verses. Well, that's a good verse to read anyway. Watch out for the people that cause trouble. Right, look at verse number 12. There it is. Yeah, there it is. Salute. Man, all these wonderful names. Mr. T. Some of you catch that by slow freight, Mr. T and Mrs. T, who labor in the Lord. Oh, that's a good one, too. That's a good one, too. Because here's the balance of the Christian life sometimes. We, we understand that everything I mentioned prior to shows the balance of a church. There has to be some horizontal physical needs met. For example, there has to be a nursery so we can take care of these little, these little bodies so that parents can get spiritual food without being bothered by a crying baby, right? Thank God for that. But there's also another side of it, that's the labor in the Lord. And that's when we, when, we, when we realize that we are bestowers of labor for the benefit of others, now we also shift to the other angle, which is to be a benefit to the Lord. To be able to say we are working for God, laboring for the Lord. Now, I know many would say tonight that that's the preacher, that's the Sunday school teachers, that's the song leader, those are the ones that did No, no, no. Everybody gets to be a part of that. And it's, it's so funny that I got this tonight, today of all times. I'm not going to read it to you on, online just because we're live and people can see and I, I don't want to name any names. But I'm going to read to you a text after a little while, after the services are done, that shows the impact this church is making when it comes to the subject of laboring in the Lord. Now, what does that really mean? I, I was trying to figure out a way to explain it because... My old Randy would have said, oh, it's people that go so many. It's people that go visiting. It's people that do this and that and this and that. But can I give you a different concept on that tonight? I think it's people that remind people of Jesus. That's what I think. When you're laboring in the Lord, it's people that remind people of Jesus. It's people that when, when people come to church for the first time, I really want to read this message, but I'll read it to you in just a second, and it'll encourage you all that we got today, when people are ministering in the Lord and for the Lord, you can't help but remind people of what Jesus would be doing. The kindness, the friendliness. I mean, you can come in and vacuum the carpet and, and, and be in a bad mood and be mad at the world. You can. You can. You can clean the windows. You can do a lot of the, the duty things. Uh, the sound of guys sometimes up there, they turn things on, they take a nap. For the whole service, and they wake up in time to close the service down. Sorry to mean to wake you guys up. I mean, and again, that's important. We already bragged on that, number one. But the second part is really realizing that we get to, we get to show this world that there is, there is a, a, a side of Christianity that makes people feel loved, welcomed, 
cherish. Like, hey, you are important to this church. The labor in the Lord. Maybe you don't vacuum. Maybe you don't clean. And by the way, all these things work together. But all of us can be a part of this ministry. It's when you come, and I know you have burdens, and I have burdens, we have burdens, and we lay them at the door for just an hour and a half or two hours on Sunday morning, an hour or so on Sunday night and Wednesday night, and we decide to come in here and carry somebody else's burden. Because somebody's going to come visit our church today that's having a tough time. Somebody's going to come in this building that's discouraged. And the only encouragement they're going to get this week, because they got to go back to the workplace tomorrow, and maybe they don't get along with their boss. Maybe their coworkers them are at odds, and they're afraid they're going to lose their job. And they're just looking for some place they can go where somebody is going to show them some, some compassion and give them a smile and give them some assurance and just pat them on the back and say, hey, I believe in you. I'm your friend. I care about you. And when people see that, they start to say, wait a minute. This reminds me of somebody I've heard about. Somebody named Jesus, who was always a blessing to people on the spiritual realm. You see, the labor is a balance there. It's so important to, to fix things and, and to keep things going. And I think about the clean buildings and the nurseries and all the things we do. But now the other side of it is making sure that we are representing Christ well. So that when people come, they are inspired and encouraged by your presence, by your kindness, by your friendliness. And I commend you, church, for that. And I thank God for you. And I, I'm so proud as a pastor that I, that we can have that testimony a lot. I shared with you last week, uh, one of our new visitors that's been coming, and he talked to me this morning about joining the church, and, and he's excited, and he loves it. He's been bringing a lot of his family and friends here. He said, tell your church, they're the friendliest church I've ever been in in my life. And he's been in many churches. He attended Lester Roloff's church at one time many years ago. For you old-timers know that name, well-known man, right? But he said, you guys are the best. You guys are. I was like, are you sure about it? Yeah, yeah, I, was, I, knew, I knew he was right. I knew he said that, right? But to be a laborer in the Lord. You are making a difference. I don't feel like today being friendly, but somebody needed you to be. I don't feel like being nice today, but somebody really needed you to be. You'd be amazed how many times I'll have people come and we'll visit them at their house. And they'll say we visited several churches and we walked in and sat in the back and not one person said hi to me. Not one person shook my hand. Not one person greeted me. The pastor didn't even say hi to me. I didn't get any letter, nothing. And they said, well, I guess they don't want us here. You all do, do a good job of that. You do a good job of making sure people are welcome. I mean, we leave our pews sometimes. We walk over the building. Sometimes our song, uh, handshaking song, is long. Since Jennifer starts giving Brother Josh a dirty look, I know it's one of those long days. And I, sometimes you all get frustrated. By, by the way, don't forget, that's why when your pastor preaches short. You see, we all, we all know that we want to point everything to the preaching because people need to hear the preaching. But preaching is not the only thing that makes the church go. It's the friendliness, it's the handshakes, it's the love, it's the eye contact, it's the pat on the back, it's the hug, it's the handshake. It's the saying, man, I'm glad you're here. Where are you from? Where do you live? What brings you out today? As being interested in somebody else's life without them thinking he's going to end up selling me something, right? It seems like nowadays everywhere you turn, somebody wants to be nice to you, so they, then they, you can buy something from them, right? So number one, the laborers, the bestowers of labor. Number two, the laborers in the Lord. Now, number three, I want to take your Bibles and go to 1 Corinthians chapter 15. 1 Corinthians chapter 15. Now, in 1 Corinthians chapter 15, you will see some heavenly lingo, some heavenly comments as it talks about uh, immortality, right? And and going to heaven someday. And the rapture's even talked about a little bit. You get on down to verse number 56. 
Actually, I like verse 55. 55 is fun. Oh, death, where is thy sting? Oh, grave, where is thy victory? The sting of death is sin, and the strength of sin is the law. But thanks be to God, which giveth us the victory through our Lord Jesus Christ. And then here we go. Therefore, my beloved brethren, be steadfast, unmovable, always abounding in the work of the Lord, for as much as you know that your labor is not in vain in the Lord. What a beautiful verse. Beautiful verse. So let's wrap it all up together. Number one, we talk more about the uh, maybe the horizontal labor. And the second, we talk more about the vertical labor, the, the spiritual aspect of it. And, and we should all be doing some of, of both, a little bit of both, right? But when it's all sudden, God's reminding you right now, listen, sometimes you get weary. And sometimes you get discouraged. And sometimes you get frustrated. And sometimes you feel like nobody's really noticing. But God says, if you're doing it for the Lord, it's not in vain. It is not in vain. And Jesus said this, if you give a cup of water to somebody, I keep track of that. It's like you gave it to me. To be able to labor for somebody else. To be able to labor and know that it's going to benefit somebody else. And it's going to be a blessing to our Lord. And then it's going to change people's lives. And it's going to encourage others with the power of being able to labor. And then to know that everything you've done. Some of you have been doing different things for 30 and 40 years. And you know what? You have forgotten so many things and God has track of it all. God knows every little thing you did, every kind act you did, every time you were kind to somebody, when you helped somebody out, when you encouraged somebody, when you slipped somebody some money, when you hugged somebody, when you caught a tear, all those things, God keeps track. And God says, your labor is not in vain. I'm keeping track. And one day, you're going to hear from me, well done. Well done. So let's not be afraid of this five-letter word. Although in the Bible it's six letters, but L-A-B-O-R is a good word. L-A-B-O-R. Labor is a good word. And church, if it ain't broke, don't fix it. Keep it up, church. We've labored and labored. Let's continue to labor and watch God bless and bless and bless. Thank you, church, for being laborers in the Lord. Heads about eyes are closed. Thanks for listening to the Lord tonight.
that chose to forgive and never despise. the body of Christ.